0: good to get moving a little bit. I know uh, the energy is kind of low with our weather outside, um, but it's always good to greet one another in the house of the Lord. Um, Once again, I'm thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that you've joined us for this series, Citizens of Heaven, in which we've been looking at Paul's letter to the Philippians these last number of weeks. And today, we're wrapping up that series, and we're going to be focusing in on Paul's words in chapter 4. And specifically, we're going to be looking at the big idea of of peace Peace and how to experience peace in our everyday life. Now, people who know me well don't typically describe me as a peaceful person. Now, on the outside, I'm not a very dramatic person. I'm not someone who goes around stirring up drama or causing a lot of ruckus. You know, my highs aren't super high, my lows aren't super low. Outwardly, I'm pretty steady, but internally, so often throughout the day, there's a whole different story going on. My heart is racing. I'm thinking about everything going on. I'm checking my phone on Twitter and reading about the current events and the news, and I'm getting worked up. And then I'm I'm thinking about tomorrow and all of these things. And so my inside doesn't always match my outside. And ever since I've been little, peace has been somewhat hard to find for me I don't know if anybody can relate to that but peace it's often hard for me because I'm such a worrier as I've said before I wake up most days and and I create my to-do list I I make my to-do list and then if I get it done at the end of the day I feel good and if I don't get it done I I feel some kind of way and and I feel I, I feel upset and then I'm thinking well did I focus on the right priorities today Am I focusing on the correct things? Am I making the right decisions? What are people going to think about me as I make these decisions? And internally, you know, it can just get you worked up and it can get you tired. So then emotionally, mentally, I'm tired and I go home and then I think, well, now, great, I'm not being a great husband because I'm not being super present with my wife and then it just keeps going. And this lack of peace and worry, if you're someone who worries, you know that it can be a cycle. It can be a hard cycle to break, and sometimes in my life, I feel like I just need to break out of the cycle. I need to experience a little peace. And so when I need a little peace, one of the places I go is to Kroger. Now, Kroger has over 100 flavors of ice cream. And so, I mean, I don't know if you've been lately and been down the ice cream aisle, but there are so many flavors, and so I just go and I browse... And I get a little pint of ice cream and I go home and I eat it. And, you know, it brings me a little level of peace in my life. But then it's short-lived because the next day I wake up and I think, what am I doing with my life? Now I need to go work out more. And so then I get stressed again. So it contributes to the cycle. But sometimes, you know, I I do a little stress eating. Sometimes I go on Amazon and I'm like, you know what, I need a new accessory for my grill. And so I buy a new accessory for my grill. I I do a little retail therapy therapy. But then when I need more help, I'll call an old friend, try to process things with them. I have a counselor I go to regularly who's extremely helpful. But then every once in a while, I just need a little pause. And I need to step back from my everyday life and a break. And so I go to my place of peace. And now I know there's really three types of people in this world. There's beach people, lake people, and mountain people. Raise your hand if you're a beach person. Wow. Raise your hand if you're a lake person. Mountain person. I'm, I'm lake at a mountain person. That's who I am. So I love going to the mountains, especially the mountains of North Georgia or Western North Carolina, to just get away and to relax a little bit. And last year, as Emily and I were, were getting engaged and planning the wedding and all of this stuff going on, we were going through this cycle of kind of chaos, and we're like, you know, we just need a little peace. So we went up to North Georgia mountains and there was a swimming hole at the base of a waterfall there. So we had our swimsuits on, we drove up the windy roads, we got to the place, we're hiking down this little trail and it was one of those serene moments where you can hear the waterfall as you get closer. And so you know you're going in the right direction and we're going down the trail and all of a sudden I hear, patience! Patience! Serenity, patience, serenity, come on, we're leaving. You need to hurry up and get in the car. And then this mom and her two daughters, patience and serenity, walk by us. And I just thought in that moment, you know what? Serenity is hard to find these days, isn't it? No matter where you go, you go to the mountains, your daughter's name, serenity. Serenity and peace are hard to find in our world today. And I I know from many of you that this isn't just me. I'm not the only worrier in here. I'm not the only one who feels this lack of peace in my everyday life. I hear from many of you that you feel like things are getting worse and worse. As we turn on the news, I mean, you you just pull out your phone these days and look at the push notifications, and you can see a stream of all the terrible things going on. Las Vegas. Irma. Charlottesville, Houston. We can just name words now, and they bring to mind the lack of peace around us. The lack of peace in our nation, in our world. They bring to mind all of the strife and the chaos. And that's only the lack of peace around us. That's not even counting the lack of peace inside of us as we worry about our finances and whether we're going to have enough money to pay our bills, as we think about our our future and our retirement and our kids' future and wondering what kind of world they're going to inherit, as we think about our, our family and our marriages and all of the different dynamics with our kids, peace is so often hard to find around us and inside of us. And the reality is that whether you're young, you're old, you're rich, you're poor, you're male, you're female, no matter who you are, this is a common experience for us all. And some of us, when we're not experiencing peace in our lives, we we try to exert control. Others of us, we just give up. Some of us, we we try to do more, we try to plan more, we try to work harder. Others of us just kind of have despair. It's tough and we all respond differently. And the saddest part about all of this is that God, the God we've come here to worship today, is a God of peace who created this world to be a place of peace. He created us to be people of peace, people who live at peace with Him and people who live at peace with one another. And the sad part is, so often, that's so far from our everyday experiences. But that's God's desire for us peace. And when the Bible talks about peace, generally it's not talking about simply a lack of conflict. Peace, especially peace in the Hebrew, shalom, isn't just a lack of conflict, it's also the presence of goodness, of wholeness. It's people living in right relationship with one another, and with God and all of creation. That's what God wants for us. And so the question is how do we experience that in this world. And this morning, Paul, in Philippians chapter 4, I think he gives us some great wisdom on how we can experience that type of peace in the midst of a chaotic world. And so Paul, in this final chapter, is writing to the Philippians, and as he's closing the book out, he's giving them some final instructions, some final practical instructions, and Beginning in verse 4, he says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God All right, that's the first shout-out I've ever gotten after Scripture. That's good, because the Scripture is a lot more profound than I am. But if you've been in this series, I mean, these words of Paul, you know when he's talking about peace, he's talking as someone who lives in a world without much peace. Paul was actually, at one point in his life, someone who contributed to a lot of the chaos in the world as he went around persecuting Christians as he stood and watched as they were killed for their faith. But if you know his story, he had a radical conversion experience where he began to know peace between himself and God, and he began to follow Jesus and to start churches. And as he began to start churches, though, he began to be persecuted. He began to be persecuted. He was flogged. He was beaten. He's actually writing these words from a prison cell with a potential capital punishment charge over him and he's writing these words and he's not only writing them with that going on inside of him he's writing them to the philippians who weren't exactly experiencing peace in their worlds either the philippians had a lot of strife in their communities the philippians they were being persecuted as well because people were saying look y'all aren't being good roman citizens Because to be a good Roman citizen, you had to pledge allegiance to the Emperor Nero. You had to proclaim him as the Lord, that is the ruler over all, and as the Savior. And the Christians said, look, we're trying to be good citizens, but but that's just a line that we can't cross. And so at different public events, they wouldn't give him the respect that Rome thought he was due. And so then they began to be persecuted physically. And economically, as people wouldn't go to their businesses anymore, as they were shunned from relationships. In the last few weeks, we talked about how even in their own community, in their own church, there was a lack of peace. As leaders, were living out of selfish ambition and vainglory and trying to one-up each other. And so Paul, writing to these people in this community, he gives them these words in chapter 4. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. And I read that and at first I'm like, really? Rejoice in the midst of all of this? But Paul continues. Don't be anxious. In the NRSV, it says, don't worry about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to god sometimes i read verses like that and i think i don't know that seems a little simplistic is it really that easy but as i've been studying this verse and this passage and wrestling with it what i've discovered is this isn't a shallow solution here this isn't some kind of quick fix that paul's talking about And if it was quick and easy we'd all be experiencing peace right now right So often we read a verse like this and we think that God is like a cosmic vending machine. We just press the button for peace and then it comes down to us, right? It's a one-way transaction. But that's not what Paul's talking about here. Paul's not talking about a one-way transaction where we just hit the button and peace rains down on us. Paul is talking about a two-way transaction. He's talking about an exchange. An exchange in which we give God our worries We give God our fears, we give God our hearts, we give God our lives, and when we give those to God, then we experience His peace, which surpasses understanding and which guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But the thing is, is that first step, Giving God our worries, our hearts, our minds, our fears, that step of trusting Him and risking all of this is extremely hard for us. It's extremely hard because so often, we we wouldn't say this out loud, but we're not sure that God can really handle it all. We're afraid that maybe God, after all, isn't really a good, good Father, Maybe His love for us isn't what we thought it was. And and we come and we we look back at our lives and we look back at how we've solved so many of our problems. We're so used to relying on ourselves that we think, I, I don't know, it's a little different relying on someone else. It's a little different relying on God. But Paul here is telling us that we have to be willing to trust and to let go and give all of this stuff to God. And when we give the God of peace our worries, it's then that the peace of God will guard our hearts. Paul is pointing us beyond ourselves, beyond our solutions, beyond our to-do lists, Beyond our money, beyond our power, beyond our influence, beyond all of our human solutions that we so often try to use to manufacture peace in our life, Paul is pointing us past all of those things and he's pointing us to God. The God revealed in Jesus Christ on the cross. The God who was faithful to the nation of Israel and who in the fullness of time sent His Son for us so that we could live with peace with him once again. The God Paul is pointing us to is the God who established the church. Which Jesus says, the gates of hell cannot prevail against. The God Paul is pointing to is a God that transformed his life, the God that transformed my life. And for so many of you in here, it's the God who you lay claim to has transformed your life as well. That's who Paul is pointing us to. And he's saying, we need to trust him. We need to let go and give him all of these things. And when we give the God of peace our worries, it's then the peace of God will guard our hearts. And how do we give God our worries? Paul says that it's through prayer. Paul says that peace comes as we pray about every situation. The big things we feel like are going on in our lives and even the smallest things. He says it's as we pray and we give those things to God, we pray petitions, that is making requests to Him. As we pray, giving Him thanksgiving and asking Him for peace, it's then that this peace comes to us. It's through prayer. And it's interesting here that he mentions thanksgiving because it seems kind of odd. It's like, yeah, we know to ask God for peace, to give him all of this stuff, and then he'll give it to us. But he mentions thanksgiving here, and I think that's because thanksgiving is really the pathway to trust in God. Because, you see, it's as we look back at God's faithfulness in the past, his faithfulness to the world, his faithfulness to us, his faithfulness to the church. As we look back at all God has done in our lives and through our lives, it's then that our trust begins to grow. It's then we can begin to more fully surrender to him. And so Paul says through prayer, give thanks to God for all that he's done in the past. Give God the worries of your present and ask him for his peace in the future. And I don't know if you're like me, but so often I make it complicated. I think that my prayers have to have a certain structure or have to be a certain length. I know some of you, you think, okay, if I give my prayer to the pastor or to a leader in the church, that then maybe God will hear it. I even do that myself sometimes. I send all my prayer requests to other people and I don't even pray about it myself. And then I'm convicted. I'm like, no, God wants me to talk to him. God wants you to talk to him to simply have a conversation and to just give him all of these things. It doesn't have to be complicated. Really, it can be quite simple. It can be a prayer like this. God, I have a lot going on in my life. I'm afraid about my future at work. I'm not sure about my family situation. God, there's so much tragedy and senseless things happening around me. God, I admit that I can't fix it on my own. I can't manufacture peace on my own. And so God, I ask for your peace now. And I thank you for all the ways that you've been at work in my life in the past. And especially I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. You promised me peace, and I ask for that now. Amen. It can be a prayer as simple as that. And that type of simple prayer is the prayer I prayed right after Emily and I hydroplaned on the interstate last August. We were about five miles from downtown Chattanooga, and the car swerved left, it swerved right, and then a tractor-trailer crushed us from behind. And in that moment, everything seemed to stop. The airbags went off, traffic went quiet. I looked over and saw that she was okay, so I hopped out of the car. Our luggage was spewing all over the interstate. We pulled the cars over to the side of the road. And I began to simply pray for for peace and for guidance. Somebody driving by actually prayed for us as well. Then the cops came and asked us who was coming to pick us up. And we said, well, we don't have many friends in Chattanooga. So we began just dialing on our phone, random people we had connections to. And finally, an old friend's parents came and got us, took us to the hospital Thankfully, it wasn't too bad. Emily had a little whiplash and a black eye. Forgive me for this photo. <laughs> I was pretty unscathed. And it was real interesting because in the midst of all of this, when the car was totaled, we were in this city that was really out of our comfort zone and we didn't have a plan. Emily said to me, she said, Jonathan, you're, you're being very calm and peaceful and you're not being very anxious. And I'm so thankful for that because I'm freaking out over here. And it was a really odd thing, actually. Because so often I, I live with this chaos inside of me, but in these moments I, I had this sense of peace over me. And I began to think about why that was, why I was experiencing peace in those moments, and I came back the simple prayers I prayed afterwards. And actually, I came back to this scripture text because that week I had been studying this text from Philippians chapter 4. I had been praying for God to give me peace in my life and I had also been reading these words from Jesus. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable to Him than they are? What's interesting is that in those words of Jesus and in Paul's words to the Philippians... There's not a promise that everything's going to be okay in our worlds or that bad stuff's not going to happen to us. The promise of peace is a promise that comes in the midst of our problems. It's a promise that comes in the midst of the chaos. It's a promise God gives us to never leave us nor forsake us. It's a promise God gives us to love us. After all Jesus said, "In this world you will have troubles. But take heart. I have overcome the world." And as Christians, we look forward to that day when perfect peace will reign in God's kingdom and we know that even now Jesus gives us the ability and the power through the holy spirit to live as people of peace in our daily lives and paul says that this peace it will surpass our understanding it will transcend our own ways of thinking and so often that's how this peace is it doesn't necessarily always make logical sense to us it's a gift from god And it certainly won't always make sense to the world. But when we're living as people of peace, we're actually pointing others to Jesus Christ. That's what's been happening at Burnett Chapel Church of Christ in the last few weeks. Some of you might have heard about that news story. A couple Sundays ago, after worship service is over, A masked gunman entered into their house of worship, killed one woman, wounded seven others, including the pastor, Joey Spann. And last week, the week after they had worship services, they continued. The news says that they celebrated the woman's life who had died. They chose to forgive the man who did the shooting, and the church rallied together. And the pastor who was shot, he was released from the hospital And he didn't preach, but Joey Spann, he did speak. And he said this We couldn't handle this without the Prince of Peace. Just couldn't. And when asked about how they're continuing to have joy, forgiveness, love, and peace in the midst of all of this going on around them, Joey said it's hard, he knows, for some people to understand. They're supposed to look at us and say, that's one weird group. How do they do that? And Joey said that his answer to people, when they ask that question, is we do it because Jesus Christ. He did it. That's a group of people who are living as citizens of heaven living as people whose lives revolve around a different kingdom. And God is calling us to be citizens of heaven as well, like them. To be people who live with peace, even in the midst of all of the chaos around us. And Paul tells us that it can come. That it's a gift from God, that all we have to do is give the God of peace Our worries, our fears, our hearts, and our lives, release them to Him. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And this morning, I don't want us to simply talk about God and talk about peace. I want us to talk to God and to begin experiencing peace. And so Oscar's going to come in just a second, and he's going to just strum on the guitar for a couple of minutes. And what I want you to do is I want, I want to invite you to simply come before God and to be honest with Him about everything going on in your life. All of the situations where you're worried, where you're anxious, where you feel like you don't have peace. Maybe it's stuff going on in your family, in your finances, in your own household, or maybe it's all the stuff going on around in the world and you feel like you need God to step in, He is more than willing and more than ready to step in and to give you that gift of peace. So He's going to play for a few minutes, and then we're going to stand and sing together. And just remember, there's no special or right way to pray. You don't have to have a specific posture. If you want to come up front, you can, but feel free to stay in your seats and to simply talk to God. John Wesley once said give it all up into better hands leave it to God so let's do that now closing song this morning. It's going to be an old hymn some of you know pretty well. It is well. By Horatio Spafford. Now Spafford was a businessman in Chicago. He was a devout Christian. He had a wife, he had four daughters and a son. And one day They experienced a great tragedy in the midst of their family as their son died. Soon after, the great fire in Chicago destroyed much of the property that he owned. And there was a lot of chaos going on in his world and in his family's world. And so he felt like they needed a break. They needed to get away a little bit. So he planned a trip to Europe for himself and his whole family. And at the last minute, some business stuff came up. So he sent his wife and his four daughters on ahead. And while they were on that voyage, their ship had a collision. And his four daughters died. And he received a telegram about that experience. And so he quickly got on a ship over there And as he was on that ship, passing over the body of water, which just led to such great loss for him, he wrote the words that many of you know. When peace like a river attendeth my way, or sorrows like sea billows roll, it is well. It is well with my soul. In the midst of that chaos, God was able to give him peace and he wrote this great song. And So I want to invite you to stand and sing together or simply continue to pray in your seats or pray up here. As we thank God for his faithfulness. Give him our worries and ask him for peace now. When peace... A my way when so.